college football playoff committee, congratulations, you need to pat yourself on the back because you have screwed every college football fan in this country tonight. That's what you have done. You have done that. This, look at this right here, 45 to seven. Okay, and look at this, they just, yeah, luckily he dropped the ball. What, 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 what is this? What is this? What have you given us? This is a national championship game. That's what this is. It is 45 to seven. You thought TCU belonged in this game? What was the qualifications, college football playoff committee? What was their qualifications? Getting beat by Kansas State. That qualifies you for this game, the biggest game of the year. The game that every college football fan, no matter what team they pull for, looks forward to. And this is the garbage that you gave us. So to start off this episode, have y'all ever anybody watched Ricky and Morty except for maybe TJ? I know TJ watches it. It's Ricky called Rick and Morty. And Morty. No, I never watched it. Well, same thing. Ricky and Morty is the other version of it. <laughs> have you seen the part where they're like getting in the car and they're like cussing for like three hours? Yes. That's how eight TCU fans. I think I think that's how TCU fans had to feel after last night. Yeah, that was some nasty work, TCU. Sixty-five to seven, bros. 65 to 7 in front it was, of the host. So it was it was crazy about it is that like I feel like if it was just a talent disparity, then maybe it would have been 35 to 7, something like that. Still pretty bad. But they got like the coaching on both sides of the ball was just elite. Like TCU had no idea where those free rushers were coming from on any single play. Todd Munkin was just phenomenal in what he did. Like they got out, they got out physical, outplayed, out talented, out everything last night. I honestly would not want to go to a national championship if that's the outcome. Seriously, no, don't don't sit me out. do not put me on national TV in front of people <laughs> waiting to see the Kang and the rest of the Marvel shows, and you are literally beating <laughs> the shit out of me. No, I think it's an important um, a question that, like, would you rather get knocked out in the semifinal like Ohio State or would you rather get put on put on the bang bus casting couch on the national television in front of 17 million people? So I, I got I got an answer to that. The, que- the answer I have is – or the question I have is, did I win my conference? Because right now, like, the sketchy thing about TCU is like, hey, it's true that TCU could fall back on that and be like, oh, we won our conference. It's fine. We went to the national championship game. But now, you know, they're 12-2. and It was a hell of a year. They had a great year. They didn't win their conference. You know, they had a great win. They're basically what their their highlight of their season was, that win against Michigan, which was a good win. But, like, you know, beyond that, this is a tough year. It's a tough way to end it all. This is the best season in TCU football history, and they have no conference t- championship to show for it and no natty to show for it. Well, you do and get the trophy for like the semifinals. They do get that, right? Nobody even remembers what yeah, bowl but, that Jimmy, was. You're in, not brother. hanging a banner for a semifinal win, probably. What was it? Was it well, uh, what bowl? It was it Fiesta. Uh, yeah, I think it's Fiesta. Bowl. Yeah, Fiesta. But they—that's nasty. They're going back to the gutter after this. Uh, and I have been saying this whole year, I thought TCU was fraudulent. Now, I didn't know they were 65-7 to 7 fraudulent because Kent State and Mizzou had Georgia in hell for a little while. They had Georgia in hell. TCU was never in this game. They, it was 10-7. to 7. 
That's really the closest they ever got. And they were never in this game after that. And TCU quit, bros. Nobody wants to say it because it's a feel-good I story. Mean, you don't lose 65-7 to 7 without quitting. I'm sorry. So you don't. You don't. I think this is the part where I apologize because I told some really nasty lies. And I think that I should, as a new man in 2023, when I lie, I think I need to come to the table and say, hey, yo, I lied. So to all the listeners, I hope nobody put their mortgage on it if, if they do. <laughs> How many um, times have you said that on this podcast this season? I hope nobody actually put their mortgage on like I told you to. <laughs> I hope nobody <laughs> actually <laughs> listens to the pod. Only three times. Only three times. But if if you did, DM me. I can get you some great resources to help you, the housing authority, whatever we need to do. Um, but like, like you said, Teach, they gave up. Like I thought – and I, here's the thing I want to come to, the, the good point, skip all the rest. They had to come back so many times. How I feel like the gas tank was just empty. Like, you just can't keep doing that. It's not physically possible. Yeah, not, and, and you've, all, you've all played sports, and you know in every single game, no matter what side of it you're on, you know there's a, a point in the game when you know the outcome is determined. And that, that came yeah. about three drives into that game for TCU. You could just tell, like the the body language, the dudes on the sideline, like they they knew it was over, and there was nothing they were going to be able to do about it. It 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 got so crazy. The game was already getting a little bit out of hand. Going into the half, uh, Duggan throws what should have been a pick six. He throws a pick, but it could have easily been a pick six if he kept yeah. his feet. And my first thought was, uh, if they score here, they get the ball after halftime. This game is over right now. And they scored almost immediately after that. And then it came out at halftime and scored as easily as they did all game. Georgia had some of the most open, butt-naked, wide-open receivers that we've ever seen in any kind of game. And this is not only the worst loss in national championship history or going back to the BCS. This is the worst loss in any bowl, I think, ever. I think it's literally the largest bowl loss ever. That's a nasty way to go to your first national championship. Those fans flew all the way to L.A., it's been raining in L.A. for about nine weeks in a row, bros. It's been nothing but rain here. The weather has been shit. All those people flew all over. I saw TCU shirts everywhere a couple days before the game. They flew in here. It was rainy. They didn't get their sunny L.A. trip. And then they got on that field, and Georgia whooped that ass. They were eating <laughs> wings on the sideline before the game was over, bro. In the biggest game of their season. You know, like, the thing is, is that, like, whenever, uh, so Georgia goes up, what, 10 to nothing, I guess, to, 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 to start, and then, like, TCU had that busted coverage play, and, yep. you know, all of a sudden, you know, they get seven, it's 10 to seven, you're like, all right, well, you know, this, yeah. like, in some sense, you want to think of it as a busted coverage, but they've been doing that shit all year long, they've been finding right. a ways to create these busted coverages where wide receivers are wide open, you're like, all right, well, maybe, maybe this is going to get interesting, you know, maybe even if TC, even if, 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 uh, if Georgia scores again, makes it 17-7, you know, if TCU can at least come back and get three, maybe it becomes an interesting, no, it, it didn't, none of that happened. 55-0 like, that was run like, from that point. It, I mean, at that, at the, there was a brief window there where I'm like, all right, TC, like, okay, we've been underestimating TCU all year long, and then finally, like, showing us that we don't need to be underestimating them. And no, it didn't, it didn't work out that way at all. It was, yeah, I never, I never thought I was going to see another game like that West Virginia Clemson game that that West Virginia yeah. you know, hung seventy on them. I mean, yep. Clemson scored what 32, 33 points in that game. But I never thought I would see like a major bowl game ever end like that ever again. And I'll be damned if yeah. it wasn't a national championship game. <laughs> and 60. it was worse. What? Much worse. They scored <laughs> seven points. God. I mean, you know how hard. I mean, Hold you, on. You know, we got a breaking news. 
We got some breaking news we had to share. Georgia just scored again. <laughs> Georgia had their backups in for a whole quarter of that game, and the score was still getting run up, bro. They immediately like they were still- cleared the bench and then scored immediately after with a freshman running back. And then the very next drive, the freshman edge guy comes in and just gets a sack his first play in the game. It's just like, you're yeah. just clearly out, man. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I, th- I felt bad for Duggan at one point. Like, it's fourth quarter, and he's still in the game. And, you know, all of a sudden, just out of the blue, just some random Georgia player comes untouched and Not tackles him. And Duggan just gets up, and he's like, who the fuck is that guy? Where the fuck did he come from? Like, you know, it's almost like he he may have had his bearings for just a couple seconds, and all of a sudden, some other random dude gets shot out of a cannon straight at Duggan's chest. I felt bad for the kid, man. Take yeah, me was, out of the game at that point, bro. Do not leave me in the game. If you respect me, coach, and I put my life on the line and I literally like have heart issues, bro, you know I got heart, so don't leave me in the game. Like, There's no test here. Like, Let me just chill. Let me go get some chicken wings. I'm going to the other side with Georgia. Yeah, and they Georgia's got, I got Twitter some... account posted that hypno... Hypno dog, hypno dog, yeah, hypno dog. Third quarter, man. At halftime, it was at halftime. They literally post that shit like, yeah, we know it's over. (laughs) Overtime, the overtime account. They posted the graphic at halftime, naming Georgia the national champion. (laughs) (laughs) That's obviously Georgia goes back to back. This is the first time we've had a back to back champion since Bama did it in eleven and twelve. Uh, Bama never went undefeated in either of those seasons, but Georgia goes undefeated in this season. And I got some stats for y'all from the game. Total yardage was 589 to 188. Uh, there hadn't even ever been a 300-plus yard discrepancy in a bowl game before ever. This one was a 401-yard discrepancy in yards. Um, Georgia had 45 points by the time they ran their 45th play. God. <laughs> That's wild. It's uh, insane. That it's just crazy. Uh, Johnston had one catch it, for three yards. Yeah, yeah and, and that's like that's I said crazy. On the last pod, like I, I mean, Grant, I can't say I thought that that's what was going to happen. Obviously, but I mean, I, I was expecting a good, you know, like a 45-20, you know, something like that. But and then Johnston, you know, I thought he'd maybe have a few catches, but I knew he wasn't going to be going off, you know, like he did in that in that last game. Because what what did I say last time? He's not getting that shit where. You catch it, and you're getting all those yards yeah. after catch after Georgia. Like, you better catch mm-hmm. that on, like, a 60-yard yeah. bomb. And, and you know, they just weren't able to catch on those. Like, you're just not going to get that stuff on them. Yeah. The What I, I'm really fat – what I'm – sorry, go ahead, Teach. I saw some people that were like, well, Marvin Harrison had a great game against Georgia and a great game against Ringo. You know, we got another first-round wide receiver over here. And I said, you know, people probably aren't accounting for the difference. And no disrespect to Johnson. He had a great year. Uh, going to go high in the draft. He's a great guy. but. Like Marvin Harrison right now is not even draft eligible, and he's head and yeah. shoulders the best yeah. re- receiver. Every, in every NFL team is taking him over him, and he's not even eligible. You're right. Yes, like every yeah. so just because Marvin Harrison's able to do something, don't mean that somebody else is going to be able to. And I thought Ringo, who had some tough moments in the in the semifinal, was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, everybody in the Georgia defense was phenomenal. Really, Jalen Carter stepped up. I talked about before how he really didn't show up in the semifinal. He was he was everywhere in this game. He was getting a lot of pressure, yeah. and he was they destroying TCU. Hill. He was destroying them. And they, man, they were just. I mean, that's the tough thing too, right? Like when you know you're going into the semifinal game, you've got a month to prepare. You like really, really know your opponent. Like you know mm-hmm. everything about them, and then you turn around and you know you've got to do a, a six day game plan 
for the best team in the country, obviously. And it's just, it's a lot more difficult. And then, yeah, I mean, like you said, string, it's just every element of the coaching was clearly superior when it came to game planning and scheming and all that stuff. And I mean, you just could see it all game long. And what I find really interesting too, is the game, the scheming and, and the X's and O's and all that other stuff is fine. What I find really fascinating is now this narrative of that Georgia player. I can't remember who it was going on the interview scene. Yeah. Everybody thought we'd be seven and five oh, and now look at us, you know, and <laughs> that's, that was so that's crazy. That was nasty. Today, no, it's so, I was like, they thought we were going to go six and six and five and seven. Like, I saw the video. But today. here's the, like, but what's fascinating about that is somehow like, Kirby gaslit the shit out of his entire team and yes. built on that, like full of five stars and basically told, told them exactly what he wanted them to hear. Yeah. And then if, I don't know if y'all listened to Kirby's pregame speech, but then he's basically going in there like, we know exactly what we're getting to do. We're going to be aggressive. Like, fuck those guys. Like, and so but he built this entire thing in his head about how they're disrespected all year long. And then right before the game, he's like, now is your time to show up. Fuck those guys. Like, we're, you know, let's go show aggression. Yeah. And honestly, if I thought, if I genuinely thought that somebody had been shitting on me for the past year and somebody's like, now it's time to go hit somebody in the mouth, I'd probably go want to go hit somebody in the mouth too. Yeah, and those dudes are way stronger you, than I am. You know, they'd actually America, do something right if they there. hit somebody in the mouth. Misinformation is nasty. You know, <laughs> Only Kirby can just, get like the misinformation. Like it, it was just man. Like Kirby, Kirby, uh, Kirby could be a hell of a cult leader. I, I feel like you he could start what? a church. You know and he could be a hell of a cult you, leader. I'll tell you what's really nasty. Kirby, the white man, has his soldiers out here clad in red and black. He's got a white man at quarterback, a white man at receiver, a white man at tight end, and the only black guy they're throwing to is named Arian. Now tell me that ain't sus for the brainwashing elements you got that's, going on. That here. seems a lot of parallels I'm seeing right here. Moment. The I, like, I thought it was so fascinating trying to deal with the fact that Georgia was 13 point favorites going into this game. But what he did yeah. was he used the times where they would be playing teams where they didn't give a shit about the game. They played Mizzou close. They played Kent State close. Where everybody was like, ah, oh, this isn't the same Georgia team. They had 15 guys drafted by the NFL, 15 dudes off last year's team. Yeah. And they just ran through everybody this year and all the games that actually mattered. Now, they bullshit around a little bit in the games that didn't actually matter. They knew they were going to win. But when the games mattered, we thought the, the, the way they did Oregon was going to be their nastiest win of the season. TCU went out there and got like or, they made Oregon blush. Oregon was watching that like, wow, I couldn't believe I couldn't I couldn't believe we got handled like that. Like yeah. they did TCU let's, super nasty. Let's talk about how diabolical that is, though, about what 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 Kirby Smart did. Like all those games, like Mizzou and Kent State, where they played like shit. Like his team admittedly did not play well, and everybody was saying afterwards, "Oh man, maybe Georgia's not that great. Maybe maybe Georgia's got you. Maybe there's there's something there. Maybe there's some there are holes in the in the machine." He like he it. was able to use his team playing shitty. <laughs> to motivate his oh, team right. to be like, hey, they don't yeah. believe in you. No, they shouldn't believe in you because you got played shitty. But yeah. somehow he used like that is genius level stuff, man. And I, yeah. I say that like with no snark at all. That's yeah. brilliant. I don't know how we did it, but that shit is brilliant. I mean, Brian Harson faked a punt in the Georgia game in Athens, and if he doesn't fake that punt at the end of the second quarter, Auburn and Georgia is zero to zero at halftime. Like that's insane <laughs> to think about. It's insane. And then you just see, and like, but that just goes to show you, like you said, Teach. I mean, any game that they needed to dial in, they were dialed the fuck in. Like, it, it, when they were, yep. I mean, Ohio State played on, you know, that's, like I said, you know, you got a month of game plan. They had a hell of a game plan. They really probably should have won that game. But like, aside Definitely from that game, won. which they, Georgia played well, but then 
Like you look at their big games this year, Oregon fucking washed them. Tennessee destroyed them. Like Tennessee had the most hype of anybody coming in that game. And then they, they just annihilate them. Like that was the first time Tennessee looked, looked human. Then you go LSU SEC championship game, destroys them, got the Ohio state dub. And then TCU just caps it off storybook, you know, just craziest game in national championship history. Do y'all pay any mind to the fact that, you know, this is obviously going to come back to the big 12 can't hang. These other conferences can't hang with the SEC. I know Blah was 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 against some of that, uh, but obviously that was going to be you know what the conversation was. What do you think about that, Blah? I'm glad you was transitioning there because that's what I was thinking. It's awful, right? Like TCU deserved to be there. They beat Michigan. I mean, like they beat a conference champion. We know how terrible the Big Ten is, but like <laughs> they the only if game they the lost. Narrow teams. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they at least yeah. have the right to play them. I mean, there's nothing – I hated that this morning. And, again, y'all know I don't like to talk serious about sports and spurts. I do it randomly, and I like to do it in a way that people can't tell if I'm bullshitting or actually sharing real thoughts. But I hate talking sports because of shit like that. Like, everybody's like, oh, they shouldn't have made it. What? Again, they lost in a conference championship at the last second. They beat everybody. They beat Texas, who, again, we know Texas is a great, but Alabama fucking struggled with Texas. Like, you're a second away from losing. They yeah, struggled and with Texas a and that with, with that. Like, the clamoring for Bama, it's like you've got benefit of the doubt, obviously. Like, you've got the talent. Everybody knows you would have put up a better game than 65-7, to 7, but you did, You simply did not earn the right to be in that game yeah, and play against them. You just didn't. And, yeah. you know, you beat Kansas State's ass. Sure, they beat TCU's ass. Like, you can go roundabout who beat who all day long, you know. Like, But it, you just – yeah, Bama probably was one of those teams that could have competed. But, like, many other teams probably would have also played that closer than 65-7. to 7. So, that's a bit of a ridiculous logic. And sorry, <laughs> but this year you just you just weren't that team. It's okay. Like, fucking one year. Like, just sit it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like I think you know TCU largely they I mean they got there because they had got so many like juniors and seniors and upperclassmen on their roster like that's a large part of the reason that they got to that point of being whatever twelve and one before getting to that game, but I think that like you know I don't know that I look at it as an indictment on the SEC versus the Big Twelve because I think it was interesting how TCU got to that place in the first place because they had a really experienced team, but I think that they saw that experienced three stars are not going to be able to beat soft freshman, sophomore, junior, five stars. <laughs> not a whole gamut of them. That, sure. that, that not the, you, can't, you can't hold, like your experience ain't going to hold up for that long. And so ultimately what it fundamentally comes down to is that talent matters, you know, stars matter, development matters, and basically having five stars to back up five stars to back up five stars, all that shit matters. But at the same time, you know, who's a trigger man for, for, for Georgia? You got... 38 year old fucking Stetson Bennett, who's, you know, like, that literally went home and iced and, like, put a nice Epsom salt bath to kind of cool his joints down after that game, like, drank some Metamucil and went to bed at 11 o'clock. Like, so there is, you know, they've got talent, but, like, it's experienced talent. So you've got, like, juniors that are five stars at Georgia versus juniors and seniors that were three stars at TCU. And I know who and I'm I picking think, in that every time. And I think, like, Two quick points I think of. Going back to the conference BS, I've always said when the top SEC team is like 
Georgia, the 2019 LSU, whatever, that top SEC team is elite by far. It's not even a question. Yep. I think it's where people start to conflate the middle of the road teams and like, oh, they would be champions in that league. No, yeah, that's yeah. not how that works. I'm I've always said, down. I think the Big 12 is the best conference top to bottom. But that's just only because, because they trim some of the fat anyway. So there's only 10 teams. So if you <laughs> the SEC – to 10 teams, you're not having this conversation right now. We and definitely that, that got too, better but as a I conference just feel like the middle – Once we got rid of Aggie, we were really strong as a conference top to bottom. I think that really helped to uh, get the conference. But, I mean, that's a crazy uh, thing. You look excuse at the me, bottom there, four. Excuse me. We've had a couple top five finishes since we left. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, y'all. See there? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think crazy. that y'all have done anything of note. That's because the Big 12 <laughs> so, is so strong. It's so strong in the Big 12. It's, it's hard so to strong. get out of the Big 12. It's so clean, strong bro. in the Big 12 that you went 8-5 and five and 5-7 five and seven the year before. That's strong. <laughs> But, like, this year, the two teams – I mean, two of the teams that were in the bottom four of the SEC were A&M and Auburn, which we know that's not where they're always going to be. And, like, would you rather be in we that, don't know in that, that group playing Georgia and Bama every year or would you rather <laughs> swap those games out with Iowa State and fucking West Virginia? Like, let's be real. I will uh, say that the SEC, the SEC top to bottom is better from a talent perspective. I yes. would say that top to bottom as an aggregate group, the Big 12 probably has better coaching. It's better parity, yeah. too. I mean, obviously, like more, more. I mean, there is definitely a, a smaller you know, window of parity. I think you could put Chris Kleiman. I think you could put Chris Kleiman at a school with significant resources and he'd be kicking ass. I think Dave Aranda, despite this year, is a pretty fucking good coach. You know, I think that what's his name over at Tech that just got there, I think he's going to be a pretty damn good coach. He's going to, yeah, I think, hey, I don't care. Joey McGuire, he beat Texas and OU in year one. I think he's going to be a pretty damn good coach, you know? Exactly. I mean, you could take the dude out of Kansas. He's a pretty damn good coach, you know. Like, yeah, for sure. I think text like yeah. the Big Twelve's got really good coaching from top to bottom, and they've done an excellent job of doing more with less, like TCU did. But again, when you run up on a team that's got elite coaching and elite talent and elite fucking lying to their players about how everybody was saying that there were six and seven, like. That's yeah. that's and, just a juggernaut, and it's a revolving and the second door. Part of- it's a revolving door with these teams that do have so much talent in the SEC. That's the other thing. It's not like a vacuum yeah. of power. I mean, you've got the two juggernauts, obviously, that are Bama and Georgia. But like, you look at the championships and who's competing and the teams that are good. Like that, that does have a lot of variability because the talent level is so you know. It's just but who right. outside of LSU? Like, yeah, y'all had a run, but I mean, really. I, I still feel like those three top if, three if, teams if, are if great. LSU, if LSU and A&M and Auburn and Florida and these kind of teams are your We're tertiary rotating teams. With these. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm saying just as far hey. I'm not saying as a, as a national championship winner. I'm saying as a team at the top of the conference from a talent perspective. Every three and or that's, four years, and that's they're the going key to thing. have a we're team talking, that can beat anybody, and that's what we're talking about. Right? Is this before or after? We're the talking about talent. Though. We're talking talent. We're talking talent. We're talking but solely to talent. But to go back right to now. that point, like what String was saying, and this is, I think, my biggest takeaway is in the SEC because they get such great talent. But I think where they really get great talent is the lines, and it's not just the offensive yeah, lines. Sure. You're getting freakish defensive alignment, and in sports. And this could be a hot take. I could be completely wrong. This is just my gut feeling and what I see on the field. I feel like there's a bigger gap between an elite five-star lineman and a four-star and a three-star compared to a five-star wide receiver corner and a four-star, three-star, et cetera. And I think, like you said, String, when you get, like, truly great guys, 
that shit wears on you. I mean, you cannot overcome <laughs> somebody yeah. that is that yeah. far ahead of you, yeah. talent wise, and it's just beating on you. And the crazy thing is with Georgia, like you said, they were rotating guys in. TCU yeah. had one those those starters were there the whole time. And when <laughs> you're in a game like that and somebody's fresh coming off the field and they're coming at you full day of speed with fresh legs, that and you already are in a talent gap, it's just not it. <laughs> I mean, recruiting that elite defensive line, that's how Clemson got with their first title. You know, yep, like we right. could talk about Deshaun all day and all that, but how they got their first title was they stacked five-star defensive linemen, you know? Yeah, well, and I mean, there's like, there's one team outside of the SEC that perennially does that, and it's Ohio State. And, you know, they, talent, they can go toe-to-toe with those SEC teams for that reason. But when you go to trenches and elite defensive lines and linebackers that are going to be in the NFL, what conference or region has those guys? Like, it's just, well, that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would like to point out that there's a lot of shit talking about A&M right now, but but again, we have multiple top five finishes since Texas was even on the mat, on, on the, the national time. stage in any right. stroke I mean, of the imagination, despite aside from losing to Maryland amidst, twice. Even the, despite this, I'm just man. saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. We just, you know, like, again, we know you guys are all cocky after being eight and five, and that's a big year for, you know, just just take a hey, break. We know y'all you cocky because you got up. Patrino over there as your offensive coordinator. But hey, slow down, brother. Slow hey, down. Five you know what? Seven, hey, five seven, we, we, are, we are rolling into 2023 with reckless abandon. Strange and can I it. say, <laughs> you got to give it give it one more year and then get these two other mid-tier teams in the SEC, and then they'll be talking about the SEC's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can we say? Can I say this? And this is again me being serious. My biggest concern with Texas and Oklahoma ever going to the SEC was line play. Like I make it no hidden thing that like Texas has recruited well, but we've never had good lines. Like we haven't had a good so, line in forever. And like if I don't you don't know if have that, yeah, I agree. I don't know if y'all are paying any attention to Oklahoma's portal recruiting right now, but they're 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 stacking some defense. They're stacking some. They're getting people from ECU. I don't right want now. No. It don't matter, man. They're still getting. This is one of those times they're getting like experienced senior dudes. Hey, speaking yeah, of yeah, I remember Charlie title. Strong's first class when we had all those really great guys, and it was it was. A, you remember? I think we got like five or six offensive linemen that we thought were going to be amazing. They fucking suck. So we got a God ECU bless the starting center yeah. today. Uh, yeah. From where? From ECU, the starting center. ECU, bro, he's gonna be terrible. I nah, he was the number. Up. He was like the, one of the top interior linemen in the portal. He's gonna cook. That's bro. because nobody else is in the portal. Yeah, he's gonna. Cook. Oh come on, y'all were thumping Except your chest over getting an player. all. Y'all were y'all were thumping your chest over getting an all American linebacker from fucking James Madison last year. What are you talking hey, about? Can like, we, I, come, on, horrible, bro. <laughs> come on, man. He was awful when uh, Overshaw exactly. was out. Exactly. Like, oh, like, oh, man, my he's going to be bro, great. Get off the field. <laughs> we got this dude. Like, all come American. on, man. MCS All-America. This, <laughs> this was the lowest rated national championship or BCS uh, championship ever. Can't uh, imagine why. How do they do the ratings? Do they do it at the beginning or do they do it like, is it they aggregate do it, throughout like, the throughout. entire they thing? They must do aggregate I, I think it's like a couple Everybody turned it off. Yeah. There's like, everybody there's like turned a number. It off. There's like a number. Can we for see like the graph? Starting, ending, how many is watching it during the middle? Like, yeah, I want to see the graph. Uh, right, right after Kang. Everybody yeah. turned on PlayStation right after Kang. Everybody <laughs> turned to PlayStation. Like Listen, that. Ant-Man trailer hit and everybody said, fuck this, I'm out of here. Uh, well, looking at it. It was smart to do that in the fourth quarter though. Assholes. 
the uh, looking at for to next year, Georgia's probably going to be number one on every uh, preseason uh, ranking. Probably. Did you uh, see that schedule, brother? Let's and, go ahead and put yeah, your mortgage towards that next year. I was just about that to say that because nasty. they don't have LSU or Bama on the schedule next year. Nobody's ever three-peated in college football's history. No one's ever three-peated at the, at the uh, Power 5 level. Uh, they're going to have a, as best a chance of anyone – Maybe ever. And Dooley everything is a legend in Georgia because he won. Everything runs won through the plains next year, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's uh, what's sad, though. If you look at that schedule, like depending on what, you know, Tennessee, kind of how they bounce back this year, you know, for how their season ended and whatnot, and what they turn into, you know, next year, like there's a very real world where like a seven and five, eight and four Auburn team is like the toughest, like on the road, is like the toughest game Georgia has next year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like that's crazy. They're going to be the the easy favorites. Obviously, they'll lose a couple guys to the draft, including uh, Jalen Carter's probably going to go to the draft. But and, and also and Stetson's the best, gone. the best bulldog ever, apparently. Who Stetson? That's what Kirby said. He said he's the best oh, he bulldog ever. He's going to be the best Republican ever. He is going yeah. to definitely run for Congress. Stetson yeah, his said his turn easy. is going to be fascinating. He he yeah, said on his he big runs over Herschel tomorrow. He said in his big runs, he didn't even get touched. He said anybody could have did that. Which I thought was hey, but that was I, that was eye opening though when he turned the corner against that TCU player that had the yep. angle on him. That yep. was an yep. eye opening thing right there. Like that He's dude fast. is absolutely he more is quick fast. than fa- he might have some fast to go along with his quick, you know, get that, like get that racial code and going game too. manager, coach they on the field. They started calling him sneaky, sneaky quick, and that's sneaky when I was like, I better he turn is this game sneaky off. quick. Bro, don't, you don't have to do that with all white players. We, like he's actually like he he's a good he's athlete. A guy, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's quick. He's good. He's getting run. Yeah, right. he's, he's got. Right, the, so let's make your bet. When you, he, dude, he's been. He's got deceptive speed. It's though. fine. You know, like he, he you know, <laughs> he's just a, just a real sucker. gym rat. Like he's one of those Lunch culture guys guy. in the weight room that's like, come on, guys. Over <laughs> and under <laughs> on his forty time. Four nine over and under. Under. Absolutely under. Got to be under. A four nine, you think under? Absolutely. He was. He I ran away from the whole TCU right defense. I'll go for it. Because he's sneaky uh, fast. You listen. <laughs> All right. So What's perfect the example. Part? The sneaky part is that he's white. That's the sneaky part. Yeah, that's the sneaky part. Yeah, you gotta that's you gotta scary. include those things. Like my daughter's three, so like a three year old should fast. be fast, but she's sneaky fast for a three year old because she like takes off. I'm like, oh whoa, are you. Three, yeah. but you moving. Yeah. So you see Stetson, you like I ain't gonna, I ain't gotta like, run full oh, speed to go get him. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's a thirty-three year old grown man. It's a thirty-three grown man <laughs> with bills. Uh, Kirby also. They, so uh, they asked him on the on the broadcast. They asked him that at the end of the little interview they did right after the game. They were like, you know, we loved it. We'll see you in Houston next year. It's like a joke because the Natty's in Houston next year, and he kind of he played it off. He was, he just played it off. But once he got around the fans. He started doing the count, and he put up one finger, then two fingers, yeah. then he put up three fingers. So yeah. Kirby is a master of LeBron. This not is one, the person that hey, two, but it's different in, the, in front of the media. He's one person, but then you hear yeah, like the pregame sure. speech. But that's you a hear, smart coach. Like that's a and smart that's coach. Awesome. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna project confidence it. when it's just us or our fans, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it as humble as possible in front of the media. And he's doing a really that's good how, job. That's how you control narratives, right there. Yeah, he is literally printing signs and making fake message boards talking about Vanderbilt oh, yeah. to beat y'all 100%. next year. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you, know the, you know the the, the old one who said seventy five was Kirby on the message boards. <laughs> the old white man that went viral like a couple years ago on Twitter, where he like spray painted spray painted shit on his driveway. He clearly did it. Oh, yes, yeah, that, that yes, is, yes. Kirby. Yes. 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 That's Kirby. Said blacks rule. That's Kirby. Yeah, blacks rule. <laughs> can we have Can we have that meme? 
put Kirby on there. Just put like Georgia's one and eight. Georgia's one and eight. Like Georgia's in the Kirby's yeah, going and putting cover Kirby. art for the pod Kirby. right there. Kirby's going and putting you guys stink signs in everybody's locker when they get back. <laughs> amazing. Kirby's walking around like, hey, y'all hear what they're saying about y'all? Yeah, they say y'all going one and eleven. And every one of his every one of his players is like, well, shit, they said it last year, man. Co- I coach, they must be keep saying it. We like, let's go get in the weight room, to you know? <laughs> coach, what's this with the with the Vegas odds? He's like, that's how they get you, boys. That's how they get that's you. I don't believe listen to that. They're saying y'all going seven and five. Uh, oh, the, we also have. TCU, who I think is returning to the mud. Duggan's gone. Johnson's gone. We'll see what the real the TCU whole team is, is like. gone. Thank God. Yeah. Old ass team. They're all leaving. They're going back to the dirt. They're doing well also, the they play too, Colorado though. in their first game next year. But Colorado just added. It was supposed to be both of their. It was in, it's a week one. But Colorado added a week zero opponent. And I think they're playing either Arizona or Arizona, Arizona State. State. Arizona State. Well, yeah. How tough. did they get a conference game in week zero? That, they did Dion. that last year too. Uh, I can't Dion, the eyes are on Dion. Everybody's going to want to watch that game. It was uh, yeah, it was but, USC and UCLA last year, or this yeah, year. but it oh, wasn't yeah, scheduled right. yet. How did because Dion was just like, no, we just got another game. But maybe they were already maybe somebody within the Pac-12 set that up. Dion made it seem like he made the call and put this game together. But no, how could it have been a conference deal? I guess yet, I don't think. And they're just I mean, they like, probably we haven't gotten our conference schedule yet. Oh, that's fair. The conference could have did it. Well, that's going to be a week zero game, so they're going to get Colorado on in week zero, which is probably going to be the best week zero game. I can't wait oh, to watch sure. that. And then they play TCU in week one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be plus interesting. Plus, the Pac-12's hurting for eyes. They want everybody to watch their stuff. Ain't nobody watching the yeah. Pac-12 without Dion. And so, of course, that's they're why, like, that's let's, why put our, let's put our biggest hype game on that week zero and, and US, get everybody UCLA to pay attention. At week zero, like, that's how everybody's going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I love that Absolutely. because nobody would care about Arizona State football, but on week zero against Dion, nope. now I'm definitely watching Arizona State football. I'll be there, bros. I'll be, I'll be yep. feeding. I'll be, go I'll be starving. Get ready for the non-Rocket Mortgage lock of the week, week oh, zero, we baby. We back. Censor <laughs> <Sensor> Mortgage. <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, I need eight months for my bank account to, to recover. I need to catch up on my mortgage of what I missed. Stay lower ground, <laughs> I need we, to, please, if you, are a, if you are a finance person, please tell me because I need to refinance post-haste after missing so many payments. Uh, congrats to Georgia, obviously, and their fans, the back-to-back oh, national champs. But we got some other news to get Thank to. You. Uh, the, te- the Texas A&M... Uh, fight Nagy's finally have an offensive coordinator. It's none other than yours truly, Bobby Petrino, <laughs> offensive coordinator. Uh, String, if you would like to comment on your new offensive coordinator, you asked for this all season. You got it. You I prayed. For it God answered hey, prayers. You know, I have gone through the gamut of emotions. Like whenever, because you know, the first time we heard that this was going to pop up was back in November. Somebody's like, "Oh, it could just be Bobby." B- Billy Lucci was like, "It could just be Bobby Petrino. We could bring the entire circus into town." And every one of us was like, uh-uh, "Nah, that ain't gonna happen." <laughs> and then in early, no, and then in early December, like just through folks I know and stuff, folks are like, "Dude, it 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 could it could be Bobby Petrino." And I'm like, "No, it's not," because I think that we were still flirting with Garrett Riley at the time, and I think that like. Over time, Garrett Raleigh just realized, like, what the fuck do I need to go to A&M for? I'm about to play in the damn national title game. What, what am I doing? Like, I, he came to his senses. And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, we got that report from one of the ESPN talking heads that it was going to be uh, Bobby Petrino. And, you know, again, like I said, I went through the gamut of emotions on how to feel. And, and you know, ultimately, like, yeah, he's a shitty person. 
he's a bad he's a bad person but at the same time you ain't hiring him to be a good person you're hiring him to call plays right. and honestly like what it comes down to is three things right somebody who would be willing to come to this team right now and call plays somebody who has the you know somebody who who has the backbone to be able to tell Jimbo to fuck off whenever Jimbo tries to meddle whenever he gets to a bad play for sure you know and 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 then the I forgot where I was going with the third thing and then you know the third thing is that somebody who's got an experience running some decent offenses and Bobby Petrino's got some experience running some decent offenses and I think as we saw last night like we got to get more creative because what Jimbo wasn't doing isn't cutting it so I'm you know I'm happy. I'm okay with it. Like I just don't know who else we would have gotten better. You know, who who it's not Garrett because shoot, like and everybody that shines off everybody. Garrett Riley last night put up seven. You know, like I don't know who we would have gotten. I'm fine with it. You know, I think he'll do better than what Jimbo did. I think we'll put up some points next year. We'll see what happens. Anybody else have thoughts on this hire? I have laughing jokes, but honestly, I'm going to be serious. This is my new wave. I'm going to try to be serious. I think it works. I think, again, yeah. you've got somebody who has experience coaching at a head coach. I always feel like that's beneficial when you get to step down because now it's way less on you. You can focus really on the offense. I think the only thing that's going to be an issue is we know Jimbo has an ego. <laughs> like, clearly, yeah. has an ego. So what's going to happen if Jimbo starts to meddle? You got another guy that's like, I've been a damn head coach. So, like, bro, I ain't got to listen to you. It's probably oh, – yeah. you can be a little bit more, you know, rough and meddlesome with a young guy, up-and-coming guy. But when you yeah. got somebody else that's like, hey, I got just as many skids on the wall as you, and I got a motorcycle yeah. too. So, <laughs> I got um, a motorcycle <laughs> too. I got, but, I got a helmet right shit, here. Take your, your shot, man. What the fuck you talking about, Bobby? <laughs> I, I get on my motorcycle and leave yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, that, that was the that was the – <laughs> you know, that was the third thing that I was going to say, too, is that, like, if you hire any one of these young – because, you know, people were tossing out – you know, Riley, they tossed out Sharon Moore over at Michigan to come and call plays. They tossed out Brian Hartline as a possibility, too. All these names – you you can't put a first-time play caller in that situation. You can't do it because it would still just be Jimbo's offense. It was, it was going to be Jimbo's and, and offense. We've seen that, like, that firsthand yeah. experience. That's what Gus did time and time again. Like, you can't do that shit. So, yep. I, th- I think Petrino so, works, too, at AM. I really do. Yeah. Well, and then I, I feel like I, I feel like those are fighting words that I, like Petrino works at A and M, but fuck, it's it's right. He does work at A and M. Like that's like the most insultingly accurate thing you can say about the state of the A and M program is that Petrino fucking works at A and M. So like and I the think- the thing that all the all the talking heads have basically said a couple of things. What they basically said is that Petrino can call plays. He's a you know if you take out all the, the vast amount of off the field nonsense that he has gotten himself into, the vast amount the dude can call plays. And I think the general consensus is is that this has a possibility of working out really well, or it has the possibility of being just a spectacular blow up mess. And you know yeah. uh, we we all know that Petrino likes to ride that fine line, and so. It's going to make great content in 2023. Yeah, and I mean, I I realize the glass house this is coming from, but but the trio trio of Jimbo, Durkin, and Petrino is fucking hysterical. All-time nasty. Hey, not to mention Adazio, too, man. He ain't no choir boy either. We got some... We got a healthy level of asshole on the staff. If if it took... If, 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 like, if 
I feel like in some sense, maybe like there's like the opposite effect of what Kirby Smart was doing. Like he was probably like Kirby Smart was like, everybody was saying that you guys are five and seven. You know, everybody, that's what everybody's saying. I feel like Jimbo yeah. maybe is kind of being like, everybody's saying that, you know, we don't have, that we don't have enough assholes on staff. And they're like, okay, cool. We're going to get more assholes on staff. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know. Uh, it's like Infinity War. The first time you it, saw it, it and they had like Thanos walk down and then he had like the rest of, you know, Ebony Mall and all the rest of the villains. That's like, you get, <laughs> that's Jimbo walking in. I guess that's what it is. Again, yeah, if it get, if it works, too carried away. If it works, it's gonna work well. And honestly, like you give me a different play caller, you diff- give me a different quarterback, and there's no reason that A and M is at least not a seven win team last year, or if not an eight win team last year. Yeah. Like no, those I, two I, things I totally right there agree. are gonna make us better. We'll see what happens. It's, I mean, A and M's one of those one of those programs that is a big program. They spend a lot of money. There's a lot of allure with the name. They and do spend a lot of money. And it's easy. It's easy to clown on them, but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right for sure. Not everybody can win eight games, brother. It's not. It's easy. hard. It's, true. it's hard out it's here. Easy. You know, I I, I, I I feel like y'all are turning over a new leaf, and I feel like we need to retroactively go back and have conversations about the things that you may have said about Texas A&M football over the past few years. Now yeah, that you're recognizing everybody talking about Auburn in the mud, eight and five, five and records. But shit, we had you know again, like Georgia it's wild that y'all's Alabama. best year in a long time. Y'all only won. Y'all only lost uh, two two fewer games than Pablo and I. That's kind of crazy, man. Well, and I hate to break it to you, but we're a week yeah, away exactly. from we have the same season. number of same number of ranked wins you know like it's crazy listen we're two weeks away from the all season because we're gonna let georgia me and my bulldog friends celebrate this natty <laughs> but um <laughs> in two weeks well, we're I'm gonna in be riding around and, town with this with this bulldog flags on this vehicle <laughs> i logged in my email today i was like yes uga students let's do this um <laughs> But we're about to win. Georgia's going on a three-peat, and we're about to be on a three-peat to win in the offseason. So, I mean, yeah, you know, turn that up. You, you never know. That's uh, pretty great, I, man. It's all, it's worked out pretty pretty well for the past three years. <laughs> USC announced today that Alex Grinch is being retained as the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I would have flipped every fucking table in the house. I think I y'all were USC right. Fan. He's got something on Lincoln. There's, a, there's the only way. He's got the P-tapes. He like, has the Lincoln P tape. How how like, does this man keep a job? He been he been doing so this like, at multiple locations now. How? Like here's the thing. Here's the like here's the thing though. Like Alex Grinch had he was at what Washington State, and then he had that one good year at Ohio State, and then he came down to Oklahoma. Right. Here's my theory. I think Alex Grinch knows damn well who he is. I think he knows deep down inside that he is a fraud, and I think he's basically <laughs> like that. I think he's basically like that meme who's basically like, kill me, kill me. And like he wants to be fired. He wants to be let go of this burden that he has of being a shitty defensive coordinator. But Lincoln Riley's like, no, I can fix you. I can yeah. fix you. Like, So I, I don't know that another, I put this on Grinch. I think there's another thing you know? to that. I think there's another angle to that. It's almost like Formula One. You know how you've got like two, you got two seats for each team, but like you never want to be that second guy. Like you want to maintain that yeah. first position. So Lincoln knows if he keeps Grinch around, everybody's just always going to blame it on him. <laughs> that yep. reference was literally you. That might have hey. been in German to me. I was just thinking. I was like, "There's two people in the F1 car." Yeah, I was. I was so, there. so little. I'm not in the F1 crowd, but I watched the shit out of Drive to Survive. That show was great, man. That show was awesome. That show's a great that. show. Oh, you, no, you would like it. I like real sports where you got to use your body, not fake sports where you got to use your foot. I don't Hold like on, that. brother. We saw no, them, we saw them cars y'all were trying to recruit with last year in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I, I, I very much, I can't remember where I read this, but like, I very much believe in this notion that you don't blame the horse for shitting in the kitchen. You blame the guy that brought the horse into the kitchen in the first place yeah. to take a shit, right? And that's, you know, you can blame Grinch all you want to all day long about him being a bad defensive coordinator, but it's on Riley. And, and it yeah, got, it was a, it was a little loud for him, man. Like there was some critique of him, like. Y'all so really he's a, enjoyed this I, I don't think he's walking in on the hot seat, but he's definitely walking in with some pressure next year. I did see some some stats that y'all were, are definitely going to appreciate uh, regarding Alex Grinch and how it relates to Oklahoma and USC. So Oklahoma, the year before Grinch, was 114th in defense, 101st in scoring defense. While he was at Oklahoma, in total defense, they went 38th, 29th, 76th, scoring defense, 64th, 28th, 58th. He leaves with Riley to go to USC. They bring in Brent Venables, crackhead Kirby Smart, to come in and fix the defense. <laughs> Kirby and Smart. this year, Oklahoma's defense was worse than any of those years, pre-Grinch or currently with Grinch, and was 122nd in total defense and 99th in scoring defense with genius defensive mind Brent Venables. That's nasty. That's disgusting. Uh, what else we got? Uh... Rattler is coming back for another year. He's not going to go to the draft, so he'll be back at South Carolina. Uh, really finished off the year strong, so I think it's be interesting to yep. see what they can do in the SEC next year. And I love Frank. Be- uh, I love Beamer. I, I like Shane, Shane Beamer. Beamer yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I really, I, I like what he's coach. doing with that program. Uh, Calzada, uh, everybody's favorite Aggie and Alabama killer. Well, Ooh, buddy. favorite Aggie, comma Alabama killer, Auburn is legend. going to incarnate word after leaving Auburn. He was hurt. Now he's going to incarnate word. Nobody wants to beat Alabama, it seems. Nobody wants to sign uh, Zach Calzada. Uh, do y'all have some? You have fond memories of him, Pablo? Especially you. But, you have fond memories of Calzada, the Calzada era. Yes, absolutely. The summer, the summer before the season started, when they were throw, showing the video the of him working out, son. Everybody hey, like and Brian Harson. I'm this, telling the sad you. Sad thing is, this was the man Brian Harson tab to be the savior of the program. <laughs> and he never he got hurt he never took a snap so no fault of his own there you know you had to have that offseason surgery shoulder thing you know did the i think it was a medical richard he ended up doing um but yeah so he's going to incarnate word but then the interesting thing is the austin davis that was going to be coming to auburn um to be like the quarterback coach offensive coordinator that ended up taking you know like the personal leave and really never even made it to campus um, through some own personal issues, apparently he's at Incarnate Word, and that's that's what got him there. Well, that that, that oh yeah. And, and, well, in Incarnate Word's uh, offensive coordinator too is uh, um, is is a former A and M player as well. Um, so Connor McQueen. So he was at USC with Riley, and then he went to now he's he was in a he was an analyst with Riley, and now he's an offensive coordinator at uh, at Incarnate Word. And so there's there's a, there's a lot of QBU connections there. We're slowly but surely taking over the world of quarterbacking yeah. and. Elite quarterbacks just end up coming from right now. That's just what happens. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, hey, good for, good for Calzada. He'll go there. He'll start. And again, like you know, it's it's a. That's who he is, man. That that's that's what that's what Calzada does best is when you see him throw the ball. Like it's just a beautiful thing. But like when you put him on the field and actually put him in game time, it's a completely, completely different <laughs> thing. Like. I remember like the spring game. I'm trying to find a tweet that I put out there, but I can't. I can't remember where it is. But this spring game before 20 in 2019 spring game, 2020 spring game, something like that. Like I, yeah, I was watching the game and he just threw launched this 
phenomenal ball, just this beautiful pass downfield. And it wasn't to anybody. Like it fell harmlessly in the middle of the field. Like nobody knew who it was going to, but like everybody in the crowd was like, holy shit, what a pass. But it just wasn't to anybody in particular. Like it it was just a really well-thrown ball, but wasn't thrown to anybody. And that's Calzada in a nutshell. He'll throw the hell out of a ball, man. It just might not be to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, when I went to um, I went to the little preseason practice that they had, like before the season started, and you know they're out there throwing the, you know, throwing the routes and doing the drills, and it was like a full blown practice. And man, I mean, it's just the ball coming off Calzada's hand. I mean, it just looks different, you know. Like, now, granted, mm-hmm. you're comparing it to Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley, but but. He, I mean, he was slinging the ball, and it, it does, man. It jumps like he's he's got plenty of arm talent. I mean, if you can just kind of dial that in, I mean, it's he's got some potential. The we got some news out of Michigan. Uh, we told y'all last week Har- there were some whispers that Harbaugh was trying to get NFL jobs. He put out a statement, and for now, at least, he's staying at Michigan. Uh, things have seemed to calm down on the NFL front, you know. Again, for now, uh, Blake Corum is also coming back to school. He's uh, he got hurt to end the year was on a Heisman trajectory, basically, had a great year and got hurt for the last couple games. Uh, so he'll be there. I'm sure there'll still be cares for Donovan Edwards, but Corum will step back into the starter spot. They're going to be loaded in the backfield at Michigan. But I want to talk about – y'all know that Michigan's in some hot water with the NCAA. Have y'all yeah. – have, are y'all up on this story yet? Yeah, so the, you bought from a what I saw, it somebody? was just like rec- recruiting violations yes. from like COVID. Yeah, he during COVID, he took two guys to a diner that were potential recruits. They actually and did end up going to Michigan. Uh, took them out for to a diner and bought them burgers, which is a violation, which is stupid in itself. But the funniest part about this is uh, Jim Harborough, his order at this place was two burgers for him. And this is at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So Jim Harbaugh was eating burgers, pounding two, two burgers, burgers at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's real blah energy right there. I don't know anybody that would eat. And you know, at unless and it's you know, old energy, old energy. You know he doesn't. Yeah. Eat, he doesn't <laughs> That's eat the old you. He doesn't eat chicken because he said it's a nervous. Did nerve, I know so that? Did I know meat. that he doesn't eat chicken? Wait, he doesn't eat chicken. Why, does Why? He eat chicken? He said it's a nervous bird, so he eats red meat instead. He don't eat chicken. Bitch, he was nervous out there coaching against TCU. <laughs> Because yeah, it's a that, nervous now, bird. Now, now, that could just be a hardballism, also, but that allegedly that's the word. Like he he said that maybe two or three years ago. That's hilarious. He apparently pulled he he pulled a player aside in in 2018, and um, early in his Michigan tenure, Harbaugh pulled Spite aside and told him not to eat chicken, a protein considered yeah, Wilson, fairly safe by nutritionists. But yep. Spite asked why. Harbaugh said because it's a nervous <laughs> bird. He also thinks there's some type of sickness injected its way into the human population when people began eating white meats instead of beef and pork. And he yep. believes it 100%. So Harbaugh ain't vaccinated. We know that. He's like, the, we can feel pretty confident about he that. Definitely like, he definitely ain't vaccinated. 100% He's definitely not vaccinated. Like, he, he was... He what in the Alex the Jones is going on at Michigan? Yeah, like... <laughs> what what is that logic? I don't get I, I, what. It's a nervous bird, brother. If you eat it, it's well, going to you nervous. I know Simple his YouTube follow. history is nasty. I know his YouTube history. I am is not nasty. staying oh, yeah, at his sure. sleepovers. They're already creepy, but now he doesn't have chicken. I mean, you that's, got that's you crazy. got nine eleven videos going straight to JFK assassination. <laughs> straight. <to laughs> Jet fuel can't burn beans or whatever the hell they say. The the last thing I got wow. is uh, Texas has fired Beard. Uh, we told y'all there was a. Uh, some investigation going on on the Texas side. 
uh, given the fact that he was accused of assaulting his fiance. Uh, she then later recanted the statement, but we all know that was some bullshit and they fired him. Uh, I'm very happy Texas did the right thing, but there are now rumors that Texas is the least interested in John Calipari. And let me tell you right now, CDC, Please. if you hire this man, I will riot. That man is washed. That man is a bum. And that man hasn't had a great Kentucky team since Anthony Davis left. I don't want to hear nothing Royal about Ivy. That. Royal Ivy is not that hard. Royal I like that. Royal Ivy. Call Jay Wright. Or call Royal Ivy. Yeah, Coach Cal. Somebody had a sign at the Kentucky game today that said, please go to out. Texas. And, oh, by the way, Kentucky was a 20-point favorite tonight against South Carolina, and they lost by, like, 30. South Carolina, Carolina Saturday, this, I swear to God. Saturday, South Carolina I mean, got beat by Tennessee by 43 points, and they beat oh, Kentucky. Oh, shit. In Rupp today. Like, that's insane. Can I just say this about Texas? Texas is so cursed. I really don't think we're ever going to get happiness again. Because it's like the one time we're starting to be like, oh, God, our basketball team is really good. We wake up in the fucking morning to that news. It's just You already got that. That five stars already talking about decommitting. Yep. We got got a five star about decommitting. Another five star that was between us and Baylor. He picked Baylor after the whole beer thing. But you know who probably could keep that five star player committed, though? Like it's Ow. the obvious hire. It's it's John Calipari, Coach, which is Coach why <laughs> I think that Texas should commit their resources to hiring. I think it's a brilliant hire all around. I am. Are we winning it. right now? This is ridiculous. Uh, we've been okay. So, uh, Auburn is we. No, I'm talking yes. about like yes. literally yes. right now. I think we're losing. Seventy-eight to sixty-eight. Auburn's beating Ole Miss right now. Oh, we don't care about Ole Miss is trash in every sport, bros. This is nasty. Unserious program. Uh, that's all I got for y'all on the news side. Anybody else got any, anybody else got anything else? I know yeah, Auburn string, signed a couple on the, transfers. Any updates on the portal for y'all? Shoot, thirty-two well, guys. We got, we got a, you know, we we so we uh, you know, here's the thing. Let me tell you the thing, right now. So we've got a couple dudes from the portal. We picked up, you know, Tony Grimes the other day. We picked up a safety from uh from Florida State. Um, and you know, beyond that, that's really about it. Texas A&M's been struggling like crazy as far as getting players in the portal. You know, I appreciated the fact Andy Staples, what I was going through and kind of convincing myself that Petrino wasn't that bad of a hire. Um, he went on his podcast and he was basically saying, yeah, A&M took a pretty big hit in the portal, but he was like, there was a handful of guys that if I heard their names listed as guys who had hopped in the portal, then I would have panicked and said, it's time to pull the ripcord at A&M, but none of those guys hopped yeah. in. So that was nice to get that validation. But no, nah, man, like I don't. We picked up a guy from Rice today that's supposedly going to be a preferred walk-on, but besides Ooh. that, I don't. I have. I don't. I. I don't know what our plan is with the portal, man. Man, I'm glad to see that Auburn staff is finally focusing on the offense. Ooh, they're killing it because the last two coaches. That's 100 percent why they got fired. Because, like you said, blah. If you ain't got a line in this league, then good fucking luck. So, from 2017 to 2022, Auburn. Signed 16 linemen between high school, JUCO, and transfers. Over a five-year span, 16 linemen. And just this class, they've already brought in eight between transfers and, and signees. That's crazy. Well, that's like Texas. Again, the only reason I have faith in Texas is because of our young lines and how they look. But, like, last year, y'all remember, we couldn't even have a spring right. game. <laughs> we literally didn't have a whole line to have a spring game. Yeah. Nope. So, that's a big thing. I'm, I'm telling you, you went in the trenches. And People we got to believe uh, it. We got that little running back from South Florida, too. He was an All-American kick returner, mm-hmm. that Brian Batty guy. Like, hey, Auburn's been doing nice really well in the portal. We got our little little deuce of wine going on back there. I'm going to say y'all go seven and something. 
Yeah, I think – yeah, I seven – if we get a quarterback, then if, if they don't win nine games, then it's it's, a big we're riding out here. You ain't winning no nine games, no. bro. That's, 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 but that's going – but that's why you said – The Lions got two more weeks. You got to hold off on your lines for two weeks. Pablo, you, you, Pablo, you should right take – So that we can be mad about it. Pablo, so. you should take that seriously because that's coming from a fan base that hasn't won, won nine games in a long time, so they know exactly what a no-nine win, winning team exactly. looks like. So you should take Listen, that seriously coming from them. Very much so. Very much so. I don't know if you uh, – um, bet on the game at TCU, but listen, I got some great advice for you. If Texas has an over under nine wins, take the over. Oh, don't please. don't pay your mortgage all you the way until September, for brothers. Up people mortgages literally, episode, like you've you got like advice. what are you doing? Mass homelessness and like you've got like shit. You got Gen Z kids not able to buy homes because their parents yeah. are, are 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 backlogged on their mortgage because of you right now. Like the laws affecting the housing prices more than the damn rates right now. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. No, no lives in 23. We're changing our lives over. This is our uh, obviously the season's over now. It's a great season. We appreciate y'all for tuning in with us, uh, and you know this whole season. We ain't going nowhere. Uh, we'll be dropping maybe not every week, but we'll be dropping uh, throughout definitely the Definitely not every week. That's way too. Uh- I don't have the no. heart to listen to blood listen to blood try to figure out his audio every day we, week for the for look, the next eight we, months. We, we're gonna do random season reviews and we're gonna get Boston College fans to come on here and defend themselves. <laughs> get at teach. Absolutely. We'll do some season reviews. We'll do some, do some basketball. obviously preview stuff. We'll have some slander episodes like we were doing before the season started. We'll focus on certain schools and and put them in a pack. Uh, so y- y'all hear from us. Just stay tuned to the feed. Uh, stay tuned to the Twitter account. We'll give you all the news there. And we'll see y'all uh, for our next episode. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Anything Hell else, Hell of a season. Till next year. That's it. Go Thank dogs. Quinn is back. Love That's y'all. right. Go dogs. You got to put like some random bars at the end. Fuck Georgia. Go dogs. Fuck it. Yeah, that's right. Fuck Georgia. Georgia.